Hello and welcome to this special edition of the TIFO Football Podcast, uh, where I'm joined by JJ Bull. Hello. And uh, the two of us are delighted to be joined now by Dom Fifield. Hi, Dom. Hey, Joe. Hey, JJ. How are you doing? Good, thanks. Now, we have the pleasure of uh, being joined by Dom this morning, because I'm sure as many people will have read in the news, there's been some sanctions. There's a sanction that's happened uh, at uh, Chelsea. Roman Abramovich, of course, has, uh, has finally been sanctioned by the UK government. And uh, this has uh, huge implications, I think it's fair to say, for Chelsea Football Club. And uh, Dom here is going to explain all of that to us today. Thank you very much, Dom. Uh, the first question I have for you, really, is simply, why is he being sanctioned? Well, he's been identified by the government as a pro-Kremlin oligarch. Um, when you when the updated list of the consolidated list of financial sanctions targets was published this morning, um, they cited him as having a, a close relationship with Vladimir Putin and having had that relationship for, for decades as well. Um, now, it should be stressed that he's always denied this, um, and um, I suspect that that will remain the case. But um, the, gov- the UK government are now saying that Abramovich received preferential treatment from and concessions from Putin and the government of Russia. And as a result, all his UK-based assets have been frozen, uh, along with six other uh, oligarchs um, who had assets over here in the United Kingdom. And so uh, his assets being frozen, one of those assets is, of course, Chelsea. What does that actually mean if Chelsea is, as an asset is frozen now? I know it means a lot of things. but um... Well, it basically means that, I mean, normally speaking, um, they would cease to trade. That's, they wouldn't be allowed to undertake any kind of transaction within the UK uh, as a business. Um, now, because they are considered by the culture secretary Nadine Doris as being a, a cultural and community asset, they have had a special general license granted for them that will allow them to basically continue to to trade to exist uh, until under this license until the thirty first of May. So they technically can uh, meet you know, their payroll demands, for example. You know they can pay their staff, and there are about a thousand of those. Uh, at Stamford Bridge in the Chelsea office there, but also down at the training ground in Cobham, uh, they can pay their salaries. Um, they can uh, continue to fulfil their, their fixtures. They can play matches. They can continue to pay the police to gain a, a safety certificate for their ground. This is all on the proviso that they have cash reserves to cover all this, and bearing in mind that, that, that Chelsea's annual wage bill and their last set of accounts was £333 million. Um, that's fairly considerable. Um, so they are going to need to have some money, you know, in the bank, so to speak, that they can use to pay these for the foreseeable future. What they can't do is probably more interesting. They they can't sell tickets from now on. So new tickets, season ticket holders, and there are about 28,000 of those, are fine because they've already prepaid for those tickets so they can continue coming to Chelsea games. Um, Newcastle fans that are due to attend Sunday's Premier League match at Stamford Bridge will be allowed to attend because they've prepaid those tickets prior to the sanctions being imposed on the 10th of March. However, Chelsea's tickets for their away quarterfinal FA Cup tie at Middlesbrough today were meant to go on sale. and They have been suspended. They're no longer happening at this moment. Away supporters beyond the Newcastle fixtures presumably will not be able to attend matches at Stamford Bridge. Um, it remains to be seen what happens um, with with Champions League ties. I mean, presumably, if Chelsea get past Lille next week, then they won't be able to to sell tickets for those games because they're not part of the season ticket package. So 
that is a very real uh, implication uh, of or consequence of these sanctions being imposed. But there are other things. I mean, like the club shop can't sell merchandise. It can't restock. I think the club shop at the moment is is currently closed. The hotel at Stamford Bridge isn't currently taking bookings anymore. Um, so these are very practical things that are happening now on the ground around Stamford Bridge and around Chelsea Football Club, uh, which are affecting day-to-day life. There's some extraordinary things that seem to be related to this as well. I read earlier that there's going to be a limitation on the amount of money that Chelsea can spend travelling to go and play their games away. I think I read that it was £20,000. I have no idea, Dom, how much it normally costs to take a whole team of players up and around the country or, or even abroad. But I assume, for the, for the most part, Chelsea, they would be flying. I mean, presumably they'd be flying first class. Are we talking about players having to fly to Newcastle economy, for example? Well, thankfully that fix has already happened, so they're okay on Newcastle. <laughs> but they have got, I mean, there are away games, I think, this season include uh, Middlesbrough, obviously, in the Cup. They've got Leeds, they've got Everton and Manchester United uh, domestically. 20 grand, yes. Yeah. So, yeah, Chelsea would normally fly by private jet. Um, they would normally stay overnight in a very nice hotel the night before the game and they would fly back after the fixture. Now, I don't think 20 grand is going to cover you very much for, for that. We, we, we sort of had a, an ask around today to try and get some ideas and some of the some of the costs that were floated were, you know, for, for, us, for about 40 to 50 business travellers on a private jet, you're probably talking 50 grand or close to 50 grand, and simply that, that would not be within the budget for Chelsea. So it should be noted, though, that, that most other Premier League clubs travel by train. Yeah, Most London clubs will travel, say, to Manchester by train. It may be slightly different for a further afield to Newcastle, um, but generally speaking, they travel by train, so they can get around that. The intriguing one is European ties, because if Chelsea get past Lille next week, and I'm presuming that they're... they're Travel and accommodation for Lille will have already been prepaid. That will have been booked already because that game is next week, so close. But if they then get drawn, they get through that and they're 2-0 up from the first leg and then they get drawn against a Bayern Munich or Real Madrid, Atletico Madrid possibly. Um, how do they then travel to those games with a staff, which will include what, 20, 21 first-team players, backroom staff, medics, security administrative staff, media staff, um, all of those are going to have to, I mean, you're not going to get that for 20 grand. So the government have already indicated, I think, um, that there, there will be some leeway given for away ties in Europe, but it's still going to be tight. It's still going to mean that, yeah, it's still going to mean that those trips, all trips that Chelsea take from now on in, I think are going to be very different to the ones they would have had in, in previous weeks and they would have been used to. Now, obviously, all this pales into insignificance considering what is actually happening in the Ukraine on the ground. And, you know, we're talking about Premier League footballers and, you know, I don't want to sort of prompt all the usual, you know, they're all pampered anyway uh, type things. But this is this is how that club has been operating for, for 19 years, effectively. So it's a massive change happening overnight. That's the reality of it. Because, I mean, the players earn a bit of money themselves. So in theory, they'd be able to pay for their own individual travel if that were a thing. But is that the sort of thing that then becomes a problem where players will start to become unhappy and put pressure on? I don't know what happens with the, with the players in the situation. They're going to get their wages until the money runs out. Does that happen? Well, technically, yes. The sanctions licence allows Chelsea to continue earning money through, say, broadcasting rights or 
or if they've, they're due installments on, on transfers that have taken place. I mean, they sold £100 million worth of talent last summer, so some installments will be presumably due over the next few months. A lot of that is paid over a 12-month period, so we're still within that. However, that money comes in. It is then frozen. It's not suddenly going in there to pay for day-to-day. It's not going in there to pay for wages, etc. So... So technically speaking, we don't know what we don't know what cash reserves Chelsea have got. So we don't know when the money will run out, etc. But at some point it will. But, right? yeah, I mean, it has you, to, you know, yeah. I know that things issues are like the, the club shop and maybe you know on the smaller side, the hotel. Yeah. Obviously, these are all things that that contribute to it. Perhaps not so much transfer fees. We know have been part of you know some people have described it as Chelsea's fourth revenue stream over the last sort of five or six years, based on how successful they've been at selling players. You would assume, although we don't know how long, at some point it will run out. If they're unable to uh, take money, if, if money comes in from transfer sales but then it's frozen instantly, you're in a situation where the club can't replace players that are leaving. Presumably more players are going to want to leave. I mean, I suppose the point I'm making is that the sanctions uh, inevitably will create a conflict between the playing staff and the club, right? Because it becomes an untenable situation, seemingly. There will be a, a lot of uncertainty in that uh... Chelsea dressing room. I mean, it's again, it's something that we've seen with clubs going into administration up and down the, the leagues. It's not unusual. I mean, these guys have got careers to think about. I think everybody's a bit raw at the moment. I mean, the players learned about all this on the coach up to Norwich, and they they hadn't been pre warned. They literally their, their phones started trilling and and beeping, and and that's how they found out social media updates. Effectively, they were still awaiting updates, official updates from the club. You know, on by the end of that journey, so. It will be a very, very uncertain time. That yeah, there will be obvious implications for the players who are out of contract in the summer. Antonio Rudiger, Cesar Azpilicueta, Andreas Christensen. I mean, is it more likely that those guys leave under freedom of contract? Well, yes, absolutely, it is. Um, but it sort of feels as if those issues are, are side issues. I mean, I think at the moment people will be concerned about how this club functions day to day for the rest of this season and into the summer. Those players are contracted until the thirtieth of June, um, <laughs> and this 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 license runs out on the thirty first of May. So there's there's so much uncertainty that the club officials will be meeting the government um, on on Thursday. We're told later on Thursday to try and get a better idea as to what the day to day implications of all this are, because this is this is uncharted territory. We 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 simply do not know. This has not happened before in terms of a a government sanctioning an owner of a football club in this country. Do we know if Abramovich could sell the club? Presumably that would just mean that the assets that he receives or the money he receives from selling it would then be frozen as part of the sanctions. But is it possible for him to sell Chelsea under the sanctions? We're told that they would need to apply for another licence to, to sell the club and that if a sale was then went through, I always use the word sanction again, but that's starting to have different meanings now. Um, if the sale went through, then no money at all could go into Roman Abramovich's coffers. Now, look, last week when he when he announced that the the club was going to be sold, uh, or he was attempting to sell it or find a buyer for it an hour before the, the Luton Town FA Cup tie, he made it clear that all net pro- proceeds from that deal would go to victims of the war in Ukraine. Now, it may be that if the government receives proper guarantees that that is indeed what is going to happen, and aside from sort of legal payments for for smoothing that deal through um, that the money will then go to a foundation or to charities maybe existing charities rather than one that's suddenly created out of nothing then, then maybe the gov- government will allow that that club to be sold i mean it 
it's in their interest to do that. They don't want to be seen to be um, basically sending Chelsea to the wall. They recognise it as this cultural community asset. So politically speaking, they wouldn't they won't want to be pushing them under basically. But the the reality is that it's not it's an it's a harder process now to sell Chelsea Football Club than it was yesterday. And and the asking price, incidentally, which was we were told was going to be three billion pounds, well that seems completely unrealistic now. Yeah, for sure. Um last question for me would be uh Dom, are there any implications or broader implications for the Premier League, maybe as it relates to the owners and directors test? Because obviously the, the government essentially defining Abramovich as a, as a, as a pro-Kremlin oligarch, as someone who requires sanctions as a result of the current situation, um, that presumably um, casts a bit of an askance glance on, on the Premier League's owners and directors test. Should he have been allowed to buy a club in the first place? Is this going to have implications for, for the future? Will the, will the test change? Well, I mean, technically, this has come into case because of of the the particular circumstances of Russia's invasion of Ukraine. But yeah, it does set a precedent, definitely. I mean, if if the UK government um, falls out with <laughs> a small Gulf state, for example, would that then have implications for ownership of of other Premier League football clubs? I mean, certainly that that is that would be a fear. And and maybe the Premier League, I mean, I think the Premier League reacted with shock to this as well. I, th- I think they anticipated the sale would go through before the sanctions came in. I, I think most people did, to be honest. I think Chelsea probably did. But yeah, we, we're told that they're going to bring in a, a human rights element into into their owners and directors test. Or maybe this falls under that remit somewhat, although, it, as I say, it has taken a very particular um, political event as in the invasion of Ukraine to actually kickstart this and and to and to have these these sanctions imposed. The Athletic.